even today uh, I interviewed people five years ago that when they are thinking about change jobs, they reach out to me uh, instead of a random recruiter on LinkedIn. And that's for me, it's the impact of my personal brand in recruitment activities. Welcome to the Talking Talent event, uh, the High in Hunger Games recruiters as influencers. Today, we're going to be talking about marketing, personal branding, content, and the challenges and the benefits on all of that. Uh, so welcome everyone that's coming into this call. So today, this event, the Talking Talent, is actually part of a community. So Talking Talent is a community, a digital community. And it is a, a we put ourselves as a tool for recruiters to be better at recruiting. So we do have this digital space for recruiters to share, to talk about challenges, ask questions. It actually began as an event series, and now we came to the digital platform and we came to, to the digital world. So if you want to join our community, we do have the talkingtalent.com. Uh, don't go now because now you're here, so stay here. You can go after after this event and you can join the community there. Talking Talent is powered by Accelerate and Accelerate is a recruitment company and they do have three products. So the first one is Embedded, which is for companies that are looking to hire but do not have the time to train recruiters or do not have the resources to train recruiters, in-house recruiters. So we do this Embedded, which is kind of like a plug and play service. We also have the X. So X is for companies that are trying to build a leadership team so we're looking for higher roles, directors, C-level, and X works for that. And also we have Connect, which is just, a, it is a sourcing tool where we focus on the top part of the funnel. So uh, we talk, focus on filling in the, ta the talent pipelines with Connect. And these are the three solutions. If you relate to any of these ones, please feel free to contact Accelerate. All right, so now let's go for the intro of the speakers. We have Suzanne with us, Nate and Gonzalo with us here today. So thank you very much. And now I would like to start with Gonzalo. Gonzalo, please introduce yourself. Give us a little bit of your background. Of course, uh, first of all, thanks a lot for the invite, Gabriel. It's a pleasure to be here and to speak uh, with a topic that is not so common, uh, but I really like it, that is personal branding for recruiters or recruiters as influencers. I think it's a really nice topic and I don't see a lot of companies or a lot of groups speaking about it. Uh, speaking really quick about me, so I'm Gonçalo Sequeira. Uh, I'm from Portugal. I work for around nine years right now in the recruitment scene, the last five, six, more focus on tech recruitment. I started kind of a personal brand in 2020 because I saw too many episodes of Gary V and personal branding and TikTok and LinkedIn. So I started to be a bit more active and try to be more consistent since then. Uh, in 2020, I also started to do some career coaching and helping job seekers to find new jobs. So that's all come around with my content and my personal branding. Uh, right now, I created my own company called Hire. And basically, I'm helping companies to hire better. And Trango, it's my previous employer and my first client. That's why I'm representing Trango here. That is an omni-channel platform that helps uh, customer uh, service and customer contacts to do a better work and to tackle their needs. And this is a little bit about me. I think we'll find out more during the conversation. But I'm also super curious to know more about my colleagues. <laughs> That's great, Gonzalo. Thank you so much for this background history. And now we can go for Nate. Nate, can you please introduce yourself? Yeah. Yourself? Yeah, yeah. Um, so my name is Nate Guja. I'm the co-founder of a company called Before You Apply, 
um, before, before, before you apply. Um, my co-founder and I were part of an employer brand agency called Job Portraits um, based in the Bay Area in San Francisco. We, uh, we built our company and like we continue to dive deep into this area of what really high demand candidates care about when they're evaluating new opportunities. Basically, like what, what, do, what information do they need in order to raise their hand and opt into a conversation with a recruiter? It's kind of what we obsess about. It's what we spend our time learning about and we built a company around it. So um, I guess that's a little bit of context too. I mean, we work with startups or scale-ups, I think I called in Europe, but uh, you know, everywhere from like early, the early stages to like mid and growth stage. So usually when I come at various topics in this industry, I'm looking at it through the lens of like, how do tech companies hire really hard to hire people? But yeah, we'll get into more of that here. here All soon. Right. So that's me. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Thank you, Nate. Thank you so much. And Suze, can you please give us, give us a little bit of your background as well? Yes, yeah, of course. Thank you so much for hosting, by the way. Very excited as well. So I'm Suzanne, or Suze, as many people know me by. Um, I've been in the talent acquisition slash HR space um, for like the last seven years or so. I, I think I really sort of started to focus on like working in-house and working with sort of seed stage, scale up businesses back in sort of 2017. And I think a lot of what I will talk about um, today will be around kind of how I've tried to position myself um, in the market to kind of make sure that I stay consistent with my experience and my own messaging and the candidates and the networks um, that I come into contact with. So I have a bit of a combination of uh, agency side and in-house side, but uh, currently working um, internally for an awesome startup called Levity, uh, based in Berlin, looking after their talent acquisition and HR. So, yeah, I'm just excited to see everything that we're going to share and, yeah, looking forward to it. All right. Great. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for the introduction. So now we can get in right into the discussion. So today we're going to be talking about recruiters as influencers, personal branding, marketing, content, and I would like to start with the first question. So the first question is, why is building a personal brand important, uh, first of all, and especially for the startup space? So who would like to jump in? Or should I assign this for someone? I, can, I think we can start with Gonzalo. We'll go for the other of the, of the introduction. So Gonzalo, can please start with you? Once again, starting twice, no, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's completely okay. So I, I really like this question, uh, let me, answer the first part of the question and then, and then going to the next one. So I think the importance of building a personal brand, it's super important nowadays because we can reach so many more people if we do it online than if we go to, for example, speaking in an event for 100 people. Right now in this live, we are with eight, uh, 80 uh, people seeing us and we are not sure if more can, can also see it. So having a personal brand will allow us to speak with so many more people than the one-on-one -on -one has recruiters have in an interview. So I think this is one of the first steps or one of the first reasons why people should consider uh, to invest on their, on their personal brand. And if we look to the startup scene, most of the companies are not known by the brand because they are startups. They are just starting their journey of being a company. So people will know the person behind the company or the recruiter behind the hiring for that company. So if you already have a personal brand and you start a new company, or if you have a personal brand and you join a new company that is not known, 
that will be a way easier for that company to get hires, to get visibility, to get awareness. But if you are one more recruiter that doesn't post on LinkedIn or doesn't have a personal brand, you won't have help the company to scale. And the personal brand just adds you value as an individual, as a person, as a professional, uh, because this is up to your skills and you can show your skills to more people at the same time. So I think one of the reasons why I started my personal branding was to add my skills, to add more skills and more uh, things that I can do for companies, for myself, uh, to my community. So I can help myself first because everyone starts a personal branding because they want to help uh, themselves. But then we can help others with our content, with our positioning, with the things that you share. So I think everyone that really wants to conquer more stuff in their life, in their professional, in their career, can start a personal brand and really being more active. And especially on the startup space, that will help to scale a company way faster than if we don't have a personal brand behind us. Perfect. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, Suze, do you agree with that view? What, what do you think on this subject? Yeah, I think it's really interesting because ultimately personal brand is all about your integrity and it's about your value, not just for yourself and Uh, how you kind of build up yourself, but exactly what Gonzalez said, like you are representing uh, a business and it does make your job easier. But also I think it's really about uh, the integrity and um, almost like your CV. Like I think how you choose to, you know, position whatever your unique selling point is. Um, like for myself, I think I've always uh, kind of worked specifically on the go-to-market side, not because I don't like working uh, with technical recruitment but because I knew that it would help me stand out um, not just for myself and whether that is to get new clients or to uh, go for a new opportunity but, but it means that I take that network with me so where whenever I go to a new organization or I am speaking you know with the likes of yourselves that is a, a wealth of um, knowledge and information that I can take and uh, reference to and actually give some comfort to the stakeholders that we're working with, because ultimately I think many of us in the TA space will realize that uh, a lot of organizations do not know what to do um, in this space. They have no clue how to attract the candidates um, that they want to attract. They just know that they need to hire. So who they choose for that um, is deeply important. And I think that is how you can stand out from the rest in, a, in, in, in an industry that is already quite uh, saturated. So yeah, I think, I think everyone is great, but I think it's about um, the, what's said about you when you're not in the room, you know, like what is your reputation? And I think that's just something that can add um, to your level of gravitas as well. Yeah, makes sense. Um, Nathan, I, I, you know, I've noticed that you've, re you've built a strong personal brand. So Why do you think it is important to do that? So, okay. So I have mixed feelings. I think like first, like we, it's really, it's probably important to establish a bit of context when it comes to like the use case for this. So like if we're, if we're talking about, let's say an agency recruiter, it can become a really great business development tool. Great way to show people that you know your stuff and like that they should hire you. If we're talking about in-house recruiters, Um, I think the need and the use case is like much less significant. Um, and if we're talking about it as a way to drive new talent as a talent acquisition strategy, I don't think it matters at all. So, um, 
So it depends on like what, what context we're talking about this. Um, overall, um, let's see. Overall, it, it can be helpful. Um, I, I started my, I started experimenting like with my LinkedIn profile about three years ago. We did it as a business development experiment, like a marketing experiment to see what would happen if I just started posting regularly on LinkedIn and sharing my thoughts. Um, what we found is that it took off really quick, um, but I know we're going to get into like measuring and outcomes and things like that. But what you learn by doing this is that like, you're not going to just start posting and suddenly like things happen. There's like, there's so much like nuance and like things that happen um, that are like, that are like unexpected, you know? And so it just like depends on like what we're talking about. Like what does important mean? What is the use case? Who specifically are we talking about doing it for? Um, because then that can like dictate like whether this like actually matters or not. Yeah, so giving you a little bit of context that I think of right now when I look at when we're seeing the startup space right there in the end of the question is uh, when we look for startups and scale ups mainly, it's very hard to build a brand, a strong brand, because, you know, we're just starting. There are many like less resources than big companies. So if you look for that and you see that you have employees and recruiters that could be building their personal brand and at the same time helping the brand, the company's brand, would that give you a little bit of context of bringing the importance to it? Sure. Yeah. So, okay. So like, let's just say example, startup hiring software engineers, right? It's like very common use case. In that context, I think, I, I don't think that there are recruit, I actually like, I don't see recruiters talking to an audience of software engineers. I just don't. And so I think like in order to, let's say, be a recruiter and, and gain the trust of a technical audience, you need to be basically a subject matter expert in technical things. You need to be like speaking to your target market. And what I see too often on, let's just say on LinkedIn is I see recruiters talking about recruiting. I see recruiters talking about things that other recruiters care about. They're not talking to a target audience as a way to establish themselves as like, hey, I'm somebody who really knows my shit, which means that like my company knows their shit. And if you're one of these like smart people that I am trying to attract, you should take a look at us because what, what's going on behind this curtain is probably like really cool and really important and something that you might want to find out more about. But I don't think like, there's a big difference between popularity and like people liking you and people trusting you. I think like in the world of personal branding, the gap between actual trust and likability is so big that too many people are trying to be likable. And you know what? I'll work with an asshole that I trust over somebody who I like, who doesn't know their stuff. Bottom line. And like, I just, I don't see enough of that level of expertise at scale um, out in the market. And so that's why I'm like, you know what? Like in, in startup land, we're talking about sourcing. We're talking about recruiters going out to passive candidates. And that's like the number one mechanism to get talent. Okay. If, that, yeah. if that's work, you know, I mean, if that's working, the other stuff can just be a huge distraction. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from. Suz, Gonzalo, any comments on that? Yeah, yeah, I actually, um can understand what Nate is saying because I think I am someone who 
oddly wouldn't call themselves uh, an influencer per se. I don't rely on regular posting or public content, but what Nate is speaking about in terms of that actual knowledge and actually the sourcing and the headhunting and the conversations that are happening behind closed doors, not publicly in a, hey, look at this, you know, role thing. Um, I still see that as as the personal brand. Um, and I think that, um, yeah, there are some nuances and I, I don't know if I would say that it wasn't, it would, it doesn't matter so much, but I think where it does matter is then how you are actually putting yourself out there and why you're doing it and what the point is of, of what you're saying. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just like to add uh, that I agree with a lot of thoughts that the Nate uh, shared, but I think the business case for in-house recruiters is much stronger than you shared. At least I have that experience because first of all, it makes me more desirable by the market. So I'm pretty sure that with my personal branding, if I want to be an in-house recruiter in any tech company today, I can almost choose which company I want to work with because of the personal brand that I created, because there is not a lot of in-house recruiters with a strong personal brand behind it. And I think that helps for me to get more job opportunities, first of all. So looking to my perspective, but for the company's perspective, I think it creates more trust in the companies and also in the candidates if a recruiter is active on LinkedIn, where he spends all his day because the candidates and special developers don't like LinkedIn, but the ones that like it will recognize some people that are active on the platform. So today I know that some reach outs that I do, people answer because they already saw a post of mine and they are willing to speak with me. And maybe if I'm a random recruiter that approached them for the first time in their first week on the LinkedIn, they won't uh, do the work to reply to them because they don't know them from anywhere. So I think this compounding of people that you met, impact that you do in your career journey, even if you are in-house in or agency, that will give you uh, enough results and enough outcomes afterwards. But a personal brand and building content takes time, takes initiatives, takes energy. But in the long run, that can give you a lot of stuff and not only business development or more money per se. Got it. Yeah, and and I saw that you nodded. I don't know if it was a coincidence, but when it, when it said something about liking someone and trusting someone, there's a big gap in there. Uh, I saw you nodded, but did you have any comments on that? Me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, no, completely. I, I think one one thing it's we we like others and we like to to work with others. Another thing is we trust others and we can really make something together. Personally, I prefer to work with people that I trust and that I like because that becomes much easier and it's easier to drink a, a beer afterwards and celebrate our success. I don't like to work with hassles or arrogance, even though that I can trust them, they do the job. Maybe I don't have the best connection and the best communication. And I think also stronger teams are built with the trust. And that trust can comes from being likable, but also can come from delivering the results. So I think there should be a balance between both, uh, even though that if we need to choose, of course, trust will be the first one. But I think we also need to like the, the people that we work with on social media and internet. It's easy to like people, but also it's very easy to hate people because they say things that we don't agree with. So I think it's also important to separate the waters And sometimes, even yesterday, I wrote an article that was something like six reasons why you shouldn't be a tech recruiter. 
because I wanted to push people to click on the article, right? Mm -hmm. But what I want to say is not, don't be a tech recruiter, but there is here the reasons why you shouldn't be if you are not up to the job. And negative titles sometimes attracts more people to my posts and to my videos just because they are negative and people will go, ah, yes, I agree with you or I don't uh, agree with you. This is my point of view. And this is exactly what I need to do with my personal brand to scale. Because if I uh, do an article saying six reasons why everyone should be a tech recruiter, nobody will click on that because there is no spark on it. Uh, but sometimes if you put the negative energy, you can bring more people in and then they can meet you and then you can influence them much better in the long run. That's true. Sometimes the negative brings people together. I, I totally agree with that. It brings a little bit of spark to it. So, okay, everyone, can I push to the next the next question so we can start discussing you know, another angle? So what kind of impact does a personal brand have on your recruitment activities? All right, so we can start with Suze. Yeah, I think um, it's such an open-ended question, right? I mean, are we referring to like, How does it help us get more responses or, you know, does it help us close roles faster? Um, I think we've kind of touched on this with like the previous discussion, right? Like I do see a lot of people maybe uh, taking the more provocative angle, um, you know, it generates a lot of traction and a lot of, you know, comments. And we all know who I guess the uh, the outspoken people might be on our on news feeds, right? Um, but I think that that can have a positive or a negative uh, response. I think I had a conversation recently where um, whilst I'm currently not in the market for any sort of agency uh, partnerships or anything like that, one thing that is potentially having an impact is the more vocal we choose to be uh, on something like LinkedIn, whether it's even just in the comments uh, or somewhere where you think a potential client might not be looking, um, bias can be formed Um Uh, opinion can be formed and that can be the the make or break between someone choosing to work with you or not and you know maybe um maybe someone like Nate uh would you know work with you regardless of you know whatever however you might come across if people think that you're not a nice person but I think that um more often than not your personal brand can have a negative impact um on the side on the positive side of things like we've already talked about it you know Uh, better response rates, people coming back to you, people actually wanting to speak to you and learn more. Um, but I also would say that that doesn't necessarily have to be a personal thing. I think that kind of links more to the point of we are representing a, a company. So we then become part of that brand and that that's how it ties in. But I, I wouldn't say that it's, I wouldn't say that it's that, um, that important per se. Yeah, I do think is it like a mix of things. It can be, it's, it's not only about your personal brand, but the brand that we are, you're talking about, the company uh, matters. Do you think it matters the most? Yeah, because I think, it, I mean, it depends on, I think how we all define our personal brand is super subjective. So there are some, you know, recruiters that absolutely don't care about giving crappy outreaches or giving like, you know, shoddy, like, Uh, do you want to be my client messages that are really poor? But um, if I'm now, I guess I'm now speaking from the point of like someone internal that is thinking about having potential external partnerships. And one thing I do know is that I am less likely to partner um, with an agency contact or with a, you know, um, a marketing contact 
if that is how they're representing the brand, if it is like there's not enough research that's happened there, if it's just some blanket um, spam message that has nothing to do with me personally, if it's super corny, but at the same time, like that works for some people, um, the emojis everywhere works for some people, but um, I don't think it matters that much. I think it really comes down to um, like Nate said, like how much you actually know about the space you're talking about, how much you know about the organization you're talking about, or are you just someone who is reading from a script and says, well, you know, we need someone with three to five of this and actually you don't know what you're talking about. Um, that happens a lot. So again, does this mean that hires don't happen? Um, no, hires happen anyway. But um, I think we then need to decide like what we mean by by the personal brand and, and how quickly, sorry, how closely that is attached to the organization. Right. Uh, and uh, Nate, what is your what is your take on this? Yeah, I feel like I should. <laughs> I feel like I need to explain what I meant when I said like I'd rather work with an asshole that I trust. I, I didn't mean like what I meant by work with. I meant like buy something from. I didn't mean like uh, <laughs> like be a teammate of. I don't want to, I don't want to like work next to an asshole, uh, but, it, but yeah, but, it, but if somebody like really knows their stuff, like, uh, I'll definitely buy something from them. It just makes life easier. But, um, so, so, okay. I, I'm going to like, I'm going to continue that, that thought, uh, not, not the thought about the assholes. I think that, uh, your recruitment activities have a bigger impact on recruitment activities <laughs> than, uh, than, than personal brand does. Again, like, I, I think it's like, I just like, I, I look at things like probably in the most like maybe practical or like pragmatic way. And again, like we're talking about like unique use cases in like when we're talking about companies and labor markets and like, you know, there's um, I think companies like this, this idea of a personal brand, it works. It for sure works. There's examples of it working probably like all three of us are you know, on the, on the call, like our examples of it, but um, broadly speaking, companies do generally a pretty poor job of like monitoring their candidate experience. I, I, I wrote a post about it this morning, actually morning, my time. I just like, I look at candidate experiences, like every single touch point that a prospective hire has with your organization from like the very first interaction they have with a recruiter. Maybe that's like getting a message in their inbox to every conversation, the technology, the tools that you use, what handoffs between conversations are like, how many inter how many interviews you have in the process, the speed, the the copy that is on every single thing a candidate would see. I like I look at all of that as candidate experience. There's probably like dozens or hundreds of like these like micro touch points that, that get so overlooked in this process of recruitment. And companies don't realize that is that's your employer brand. That is like, that is this brand of, of the organization. And it, and it's a way, it's an opportunity to establish yourself as a company that totally gets it and has a lot of empathy for whatever your target market wants when evaluating a new opportunity or a company that has no fucking clue. It's like, it shows, you know, it crack. It's like crazy to me that um, companies still use like dinosaur ATS systems that like absolutely kill their brand because there's so much friction in, in just applying for a job, you know? And so I think that like, personally, I think there needs to be like way more emphasis put on that, on like, what is every touch point? What is this experience like? How can we create like the most like human, normal, 
enjoyable, friendly, whatever experience, because then what you're looking at is you're looking at like somebody coming out the back end of that, whether they get hired or not, having a very good opinion of your company when it comes to hiring, which then impacts referrals, it impacts word of mouth. And those are the things that like in the circles of people that these companies are trying to recruit, the highest level of trust falls in word of mouth, which is impacted in like what, I mean, which is represented in conversations that we have no, like no influence on. I mean, that is like going on in back channel conversations in like, Hey, I'm looking for a job. Who would you recommend? Like things that are out of our control and in referrals. And it's like, if we optimize for that first, that's what we're, I mean, recruitment activities have the biggest impact on recruitment activities. Yeah. Gonzalo, what is your take on this? I feel like it might be a little bit different. Yeah, uh, no, I will just like to share two, two examples. And one of them, I think, really supports what Nate shared that is a bit talking about candidate experience. One of the things that I believe that I did for my personal branding that impacts on recruitment activities was doing a good candidate experience to almost every candidate that I speak with. And I think if you start with that mindset, you think about yourself first as a recruiter and not as a company because a company wants that, but to do that, they need to have good recruiters, engage recruiters, recruiters that really love the brands and loves themselves because they need to, to attract others. And I think even today, uh, I interviewed people five years ago that when they are thinking about change jobs, they reach out to me uh, instead of a random recruiter on LinkedIn. And that's for me, it's the impact of my personal brand in recruitment activities and even last week that happened and I'm super happy every time that happens because I know that I did something right five years ago and I'm just getting results now and sometimes I'm training recruiters that reject people on the final stage and they always tell to them rejecting someone is not necessarily bad in the long term you are creating relationships you need relationships in the long run and you won't hire everyone that you speak with Sometimes you open a position, you reach out 100 people, you spoke with 20, you need to give a good experience to those 20 people that you will reach out because those people will be candidates in the future. They can help you to get more candidates in the future if you need. And if every recruiter sees just this part of the personal branding, so the impact of their work uh, in things they are doing, that will be very beneficial for companies and for themselves. This is what I call the offline part of the things that you don't see online. Then on the online thing, uh, having a, a LinkedIn that is active, for example, for me helps a lot to start in companies because the hiring manager will see my profile and they will see, oh, Gonzalo has 30 30K connections. Oh, he might be good on his job just because he has a, a high number of connections on LinkedIn. And of course, this is not true, but this is what people think. Because if you see a profile with 300 connections in a recruiter, even myself, when I'm hiring, I would say, hmm, this person is not doing a lot to have a big, a big network. That's for me, it's a red flag. Of course, that won't eliminate someone. But if I see a lot, uh, a recruiter with a lot of connections that are similar to, to mine, that uh, means something to me. And it's a positive flag. It's a green flag. Doesn't mean that the person is good on, on their job, but means that the person is trying to build something. And then I will evaluate if that's really true or not. So I think the social media brand that people can have can really help to create connections and to open the first door 
And usually on recruitment activities, that is true when we need to create a quick trust with a hiring manager. If they see that you are actively on platforms and if you see they, they like your content. And then this continues because today I have people reach out to me. Also, can you help me with these thoughts in recruitment? Because they saw my posts and some of my posts, they like it. Maybe some of uh, they, uh, they don't like it, but at least they follow me and they start to, I start to gain their respect and their trust because I create this uh, content. Uh, quite more often and that helps to create connections in the long run yeah makes sense so maybe you you see a, a lot of impact uh on your career right that impacts your career and maybe someone that is going to hire you but not necessarily your results the results itself um but it can help on the results as well right Uh, that's yeah. a very interesting take. And uh, I think also when we talk about personal brand or building any brands, it is a long-term thing, right? It's not like something that you're going to do today and you're going to see the results tomorrow. It's going to take a while. You're building something. So when we say impact, we need to think long-term. And as Nate said, uh, some people have uh, expertise to talk to tech candidates. So they should build their brands Uh, for tech candidates, if they are, if it is a long-term thing, right? So if it is, uh, if you were expecting a long-term result, so it's very nice to have that take on it. So can I go to the next question? Do you have anything to add here? All right, let's go. Let's do it. All right. So what are the biggest challenges in building a personal personal brand? I think this is a very very important question because it is not easy. I think we all know that. So. Yeah, I would like to start with Nate for this one. Um, yeah, okay. So, um, yeah, I, I want to talk about something that's like very near and dear to my heart. Um, there is, um, and, and I think that people just like, I, I, I would like to see this maybe talked about a little bit more. Uh, so there's a, so, so there's like up the upsides to this, let's say, but there's, There's also some trade-offs. And I think the trade-offs that need to be acknowledged are the fact that like, if you're posting or creating a brand for yourself, you're doing it on social media. We've, we all know like the pitfalls of social media or how social media is engineered and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, it's, and it's very real. Um, I've experienced it many times myself. Um, again, like I've been doing this for over three years. Um, There's a lot of times um, at this point where I just want to give it up because I hate being attached to social media. Um, you know, I'm like, I'm in my 40s. I got a kid. I have a busy life. Like, you cannot not be attached. Um, as much as I try, as much as I put limitations on it, as much as I don't scroll my feed, whatever, when that friggin' red dot goes off on my phone, it's designed to get me there and it works. And then as much as I don't want to care about engagement or as much as I don't want to care about any of the stuff that comes with it, I do. And it is mentally and it is emotionally draining and people need to realize that. And it might be one thing to be like younger with like less responsibilities. And maybe that's like the game you want to play for a while, but after a while being attached to that app, being attached to a platform and having like your your level of feel good or feel like crap attached to that is really, really detrimental. Um, and so as much of like the good stuff that comes out of this, 
I just want, I want people to really understand that there's like a negative side to this. And like, sometimes the outcomes just like, they're just not that important. Cause at the end of the day, what we're talking about is we're talking about online personalities that are a version of ourselves and it's not real life. Um, and so it's whatever, honestly, at the end of the day, like, yeah, it drives business to our company. And sure, I've gotten known in some small circles of this industry and that feels good. But you know what? It's not nearly as important as any of the other stuff that I'm doing. So that's kind of like the perspective I have at this point. And do you feel like you had to train yourself for that? Because I feel that when we are talking about building a personal brand and, and taking this all of this road in, uh, we do need to be disciplined. Do you feel like you trained yourself and now you get you get into a point where it's tough to de detach that trainment and that discipline and let let it go? Or do you think it was just the way that, that the platform is, is designed as well? Well, it's like, you know, you get into this game where, where you're like, you got to go, you do something, you get feedback. You want to do more of that because you want more of the feedback, you know? And then like, it's, it's hard to stay true to like doing something for like the love of the game and doing it because it's what you think is right and not doing it for like other people. Um, it's like, what I mean by that is it's easy to put out stuff that, you know, other people are going to really like because it feels good. Let's face it. It feels good, you know, but that's like, but that's not what's best in my opinion. Um, and so, yes, I had to like, I, I've, I've always had to like train myself and be disciplined with that. But I also like have gotten to the point where like, I had to just completely not care, you know, and like completely not care is like, that's hyperbolic because of course I care, you know, but, um, but for the most part, I've had to not care. I used to post it like five times a week because I thought that's what I needed to do to stay relevant. Fuck it. If I'm not relevant anymore, I don't care. Like that part of it is fine. You know, like I'm doing other more important things. And like, I post like once or twice a week now and it's so much better for me. Um, and it, and it honestly, it hasn't mattered. Like everything is just the same as it was before. And it's not like people are sitting there waiting for me to post, you know, it's like, I've had to like figure out what works for me. But like the, the hardest thing is like, when I first like started doing this, even for like the first year, I was so distracted. I was like, I was so distracted when I was with my kid, when I was with my wife, like it got to the point where like my wife was so, so mad at me that she was like, you, I think you get just, you have to stop doing this because I would always be in my head you know? And so it's like taking, it's, I, I've grown for sure, but it's just like, I don't know. It's something that like, I just think like should be talked about because yeah, maybe I'm, maybe I'm a use case of one. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. There, I mean, there is always a balance for everything, right? It's tough to find that balance, I think. Um, and Suze, I wanted to, to have your take on this as well, because as soon as Nate mentioned the, the true, and that being true to yourself and being true to what you're putting out there, I remember it came to my mind, your point of view on the subject. So yeah, I wanted to hear a little bit uh, about that from you. Yeah, I'm, I'm so like everything that Nate said, um, because it is mentally exhausting. And I think I decided very early in my career that I 
didn't want to roll with the masses, i.e. like try and be like someone and constantly do stuff because at the end of the day, it's like we all have different drivers for things. But one thing that I see, um, you know, from kind of building my career, I guess, in the UK predominantly is there is almost like this, it's like, it's just like being in high school. It's like clicking <laughs> and it's like giving, like you, you want props because like there's the people to know. And, you know, I remember in agency, like you'd be trained like that. Like, you know, you, you've got to be a someone, everyone has to know who you are. And that makes sense, I guess, when you're trying to get clients, but then you become part of this echo chamber of people that just think very highly of themselves. And it's like, what for? And I think at one point early in my career, I really aspired for things like this because I wanted to have easier access to opportunities. I wanted to be the in-person. I wanted discounts for stuff. I wanted to be friends with all the other people that were, you know, up there. But actually, I care a lot more about like who I am as a person and who I am in a day to day. And I really agree with Nate. It's like you spend so much time doing stuff, it's exhausting and it feels good for a while and it attracts people and you get all these connections, but it's like, now what? So I, it sounds like a buzzword, but I'm so here for authenticity. Like I, I've said it in many different spaces. I do not post regularly. Um, I'm not trying to be like, I'm not trying to be a someone. Like I want my personal brand to be the same as it is across all areas of my life. And I don't want this online persona because again, like not shitting on anyone, but I see a lot of like the strong um, online personas across Europe and is it going to make me want to work with you? I don't think so. Um, do I do I relate to everything that you're saying? I don't think so. Do I think that a lot of the conversations that we put online need to be online? No. I think everyone needs to get on with their jobs, to be honest. And it's a super strong opinion. But I just think that, um, no, it is a strong opinion. I, I don't think everyone needed to be given the microphone or the keyboard. I, I, I really don't think so. And um yeah I just think that I guess answering the actual question like what is a big challenge is like your just your integrity and your authenticity <laughs> like I just I can't I just can't it, um yeah I, I would rather I'd rather be someone that is silent and people don't really see me post things but like I said who you are when you leave a room I know um the work that I do I know the people that I work with I know the conversations that I have I know how I look after the candidate experience and how I treat people. And if you've been around for long enough, um, you can see how easy it is to burn bridges. You can see how easy it is to shoot yourself in the foot because you've been a dick somewhere. And suddenly, you know, you're trying to come across a certain way. It's like, that's going to come back to you real quick. So I'm not saying I have any skeletons in my closet, but I'd rather be wiser and quieter and um, just influence in the in the arenas that I care about, whether it's like, like Gonzalo said, like, you know, going into mentoring or actually, you know, spending time with founders and, and other stakeholders. And I think um, that that is, that's what's important to me. Um, I think we talked a lot about like, um candidates and stuff like that but also I've had you know founders and um CEOs or whatever reach out to me for advice and they could have gone anywhere you know to have a conversation but it's about actually knowing um the quality of what someone is doing and and that is a personal brand that can um travel through back channels um as well without you actually knowing it and without you having to kind of sing your own praises so a little bit harsh like hats off to everyone that does it well but I'm I'm not I'm not a fan yeah 
I would be interested to hear though, like after Gonzalo said that he does a lot of like, you know, the posting and stuff, I'm interested to hear, yeah, his take on this. Yeah, I'm also super uh, interested in, in sharing it because I, I completely agree with you guys. Uh, I think I just want to approach the question in a little bit a different angle because it's a bit cliche, but everyone has a personal brand. Then the way that you treat it, it's what will be a different thing if it's a more quieter one or if it's a more expanding one. And I think the biggest challenge is exactly choose which type of brand you want to have for others. And this is not really something that you choose because I think somehow it borns with you, your personality, but this also involves with you. So at 18, I was a super shy person and I wouldn't imagine to be in an event like this speaking with almost 100 people. And I didn't knew that I could do videos. And I started to do videos on TikTok because I wanted to try a new skill. And the first video that I put in, it had like, I don't know, 30 Ks of views and was super viral. And I was like, oh, this is nice. This is dopamine. This is making sense to do more. And right now, sometimes I have like 500 views and I'm super sad saying, oh, this video sucks. I couldn't get it. Even though that I have much more followers than before. And managing this different type of dopamine and different type of impact that's the same work that you do has a different impact on others. It's a bit what Nate was saying, that we need to be mentally able to deal with that. And sometimes it's super useful to take a break. And I think one of the biggest challenges of a lot of personalities that are on online, it's knowing when they should take a break. Because for example, this year I decided during two weeks, I won't post. I went there anyway, every single day to LinkedIn because I'm too addicted to not mm -hmm. to, to know what is going on. But I was like, I won't post because I'm on holidays right now. So I might sing once a day, but I want to do content. And my views, of course, dropped down. People went to my profile, dropped down, but that's part of the game. And now I'm building up doing content again. And maybe in six months from now, I, I'm not sure if I'll be consistent or not. But I know that I needed to make the decision of stopping for a little bit for then I can be really consistent on what I do. And having this mental strength to say, I will stop now because it makes more, more sense for me, for my family, for my kids, for people around me. And then I'll come back stronger. It's not everyone that is able to do because everyone says that you need to be consistent, that you need to post uh, one time a day. And that's bullshit for me because you need to do what works for you. And the, what works for you, it's posting once a month, but you do a really nice post. I'm sure that everyone will follow you. Uh, so, yeah, I think this is really the biggest challenge, this balance and this scale that we need to have with our, our life, our private life, and also our, I'll say, public life that we have with the rest of the world. Very nice, very, very interesting views and bringing many different topics to the table, right? So we talked authenticity, we talked what uh, interests us, we talked about dopamine and how that uh, works out with our lives. So it's a, a lot of challenges that, that go, goes into building a personal brand. So thank you for bringing all of these views and to keep, as I said, and as I read in the chat, keeping it real. So that's very nice. Okay, so let's let's go for our last question. So, what are some of the quick wins for recruiters starting their personal brand? So, here we put this this question just because it is hard to keep motivated because, as I said before, it is a long term thing. It is you building and dealing with all of that stuff, all of personal things that are going through going on. Uh, what is your voice? What do you want to say? Figuring that out. Uh, who am I, right? So I think uh, we, we do need to take a lot of things into consideration. So 
what are the quick wins that we can look forward to in order to keep ourselves motivated during that process? And uh, I, would love, I would like to start with, with uh, Gonzalo for this one. Uh, Gonzalo, what, is your, your, like, what are the quick wins that you see on your, on your daily activities for your personal brand? Yeah, I will share two things. One, one more time on the offline world that is treating every candidate the same way and really try to give value to the candidates in the end of the interview. I think that's a really uh, easy spot to start with a personal brand on the one-on-one connections that we will have them anyway. So if interview it's good or not, that will depend on us as recruiters. And I think we can create an impact one-on-one, one candidate of the time and really build our personal brand, giving a tip about the CV or giving a tip about the interview when the candidate didn't answer so well a question. I think these small things of giving feedback to people, even if they don't appreciate in the moments, they might appreciate later on and they might speak about you with their friends when they are looking for a job. So that's really a quick win to really build a, a strong connection with the candidates that you met and then regarding online content I would say to try because there is people that are better doing audios there is people that are better about tweets that is a short form there is people that prefer to write a long form that is a blog there is people that prefer to do a video so there is a lot of ways that you can start your personal brand online but you need to choose one and see which one you like it more okay I really don't like to write I do a lot of grammar mistakes And uh, that was something for me hard to start to doing because I always need someone to review my articles before they going online because I don't feel 100% comfortable to put them outside. But I try it and I still try it uh, from time to time because I want to challenge myself and also the diversity of content that I present to others. But if you prefer to do an audio, there is platforms where you can not show your face and show your voice. If you don't like to appear in a screen, you can just write. So I think there is a lot of ways for people to start to really build something online that also gives them skills and that helps them to yeah to have a stronger in a personal brand. But I think the first point that I mentioned, the one-on-one context is the easiest way to, to start really a personal brand and at least how I would advise any recruiter uh, to really start that. Great, makes sense. Uh, Suze, what is your take on this? Yeah, I mean, without echoing um, what was said already, I think that number one, starting offline, like that candid experience and recognizing how word of mouth actually works and realizing like it's important about what a group of engineers are saying um, about you um, in a back room or whatever. I think that that's really important. And also actually just that consistency, whether it is the one post a month or it's one post a week or once a day, figure out like what your niche is and what your strength area is. Like, I think something that can work really well um, to kind of boost confidence as well is picking a topic. Like you can pick a topic and stretch it out over so many posts. You can plan a month worth of posts if you want, if you think about, I don't know, four important things to do with um, DEI. You can capitalize on things that are already happening um, in your market, in your industry, wherever it is that you're positioned. But also I think that um, the last thing I will mention is like many of us uh, have either been working from home for a long time or have been working remotely for a long time. Either way, you can still to some extent capitalize off of the fact that many people are spending a lot of time online uh, due to the kind of last couple of tough years that we've had. So there's a wider audience There are other ways that you can communicate as well. I see a lot of kind of um, recruiters going into like podcasting and stuff like that. 
But I think that um, the easiest thing is to find which platform works for you, whether it's TikTok or it's LinkedIn or it's Instagram. It doesn't really matter. And just starting with that consistency and, and putting yourself out there. Perfect. Yep. And Nate, uh, what would be quick things that you would point out? Yeah. Um, I just want to call out just like one thing. I, I so appreciate how this conversation has gone from like, honestly, when I thought when I came into this conversation, I thought it was all going to be about like online personas and stuff. And like, I feel like half of it has been about what you can do, like in real life interactions. It's just great. I love the nuance. And that's what you get from like long form conversations where you can talk through this stuff. You know, quick ones here. I'm going to be, I'll be super tactical with this one. Let's see. One thing I started doing there, the, 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 if, if, if this is something you want to do, one of the roadblocks could be like, well, what, what am I going to actually talk about? What am I going to post about? Like, how am I going to come up with ideas? Whatever. Um, I started, if you have an idea and you need to get it down because you, that idea will be gone the moment you start thinking about something else. Like I remember one time I had an idea I was making my bed. By the time I got to the other side of the bed, I had already forgotten the idea. So what I, what I created way back in the day was I created uh, just like a note, a, a note in my phone and it's called like LinkedIn post ideas. I get my ideas mostly when I'm exercising, but like they could be at any point. And I have ideas and half written, three quarters written posts, like you name it, whatever in this doc. I, for, I, like, I don't think I'll ever run out of content if I just like wanted to like post it, you know, and like most of the stuff never sees the light of day, but that's what I do is I capture all my ideas continuously. And that will show you that like, you actually have more than you would ever imagine to talk about. Um, the other thing too, is that like, um, you just gotta go. You just have, if you're going to do this, you just gotta go You do and do it. Like, um, you will get better. And you need to tap into some something that gives you like a level of like creative expression, because if you can do that, then consistency or longevity is not going to be a problem for you. And that's like what it is for me now is it is creative expression and it allows me to sit down and write. And I love writing. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm the opposite. Um, I love to write, but like for me, that's my creative expression. The rest is out of my control. All right, cool. So thank you everyone for the quick wins. Now we have four minutes for the Q&A. So I'm going to select a question. So first question, would you consider yourself uh, ambassador of your company or slash industry? All right, who would like to jump in? Uh, I guess I'll go. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I, yes, I do. Okay. Uh, do, do, you want, do you want more than that? Or? Yeah, I mean, uh, why do you consider yourself ambassador? But basically, I can I can see from your point of view because you are you are the owner of the like the founder of the company, right? So, uh, would you consider that? Because that's why. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm a I'm a founder who has a level of like personal recognition, and I think as a result, like our company has gotten more recognition, and I think I I don't know I I hope on some level. I've given uh, people, more people perspective on what this like corner of the industry when it comes to like content for recruiting and employer branding and whatever you want to describe it. I, I, hopefully like I've helped bring awareness to that stuff because uh, it's largely ignored <laughs> or overlooked. Cool. Yeah. And so uh, how about you as an in-house uh, professional? I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, these days my role is honestly more HR people. So yes, I 
end up being you know that first and last touch point um, in most cases so I I have to be by default but also I would say from the industry perspective 100% um, I do back myself and think I have worked very hard to position myself with particular organizations and to work in the same space and to be um, I think, you know, a lot of people would know me as someone with strong go-to-market B2B SaaS experience. And uh, I think I would be that one of how many people that people would think to call um, if they had something in that space. So I, I think so. Um, but only, again, on the basis of it's been a long time. I've been strict with myself to stay in that space. And um, yeah. Cool. And how about you, Gonzalo? Just adding something because I agree completely with uh, what and Susie shared, if you are a recruiter and you are not the ambassador of your company, I think you should find a new job uh, because <laughs> it's very it's very hard to represent a company and selling the company every single day to candidates if you don't believe what you are selling. And it happened to me in my life that sometimes I start in a company, I really like it. After a few months or a few years, I didn't um, connect so well anymore and I found a new, a new job. I think that's it for every recruiter, maybe for every salesperson as well. If they don't believe in what they are preaching to the world, it's fine. It's time to finding something new. So I think we need to be ambassadors or finding a company that would like to be ambassador. Yep. All right. So this is the end of our talk, uh, of our talking talent. Thank you so much, the three of you, for all of your honest answers. I think we had some really great discussions here. I do have many other questions on the Q&A. And what, what we are going to try to do is to answer that on our Talking Talent platform. So please go and access TalkingTalent.com. We're going to address all of these questions within there. And then you can connect with us. And we're going to try to figure all of this together. So Sus, Gonzalo, and Nate, thank you so much for this. Uh, it's been an honor to talk to you and to, be, to have this real talk. Thank you.